last night I was going over like my different dates. I like figured out I could come up with a new game called a uh, sobriety date bingo. <laughs> Cause I have several, I'm not making light out of that. You do not have to relapse. I did. And that's part of my story. I hope that maybe me being here today is going to help somebody. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, my job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride, take what you want, and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Greetings from Studio AA Deep in the Heart of Tejas. That was the voice of my friend, Mr. Doug S that you heard at the beginning of this here episode and you are going to hear so much more from him in un momento but first things first guess what this here episode the one that you are listening to right now is brought to you by sponsored by Kathy and Stephanie, and Paul, and Terry, and Todd, and Kurt, and Lou, and Audrey, and Anonymous, and Mary Lynn. What, you may ask, are you inquisitive, and you want to know <laughs> what did Kathy, and Stephanie, and Paul, and Terry, and Todd, and Kurt, and Lou, and Audrey, and Anonymous, and Mary Lynn do? Well, let me Billion listeners, they went to our website, www.soberspeak.com, which is maintained, I may mention again, by the lovely Mrs. M. And they clicked on our, 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 A-O-U-R, our little yellow donate tab, and they made a contribution. So thank you so much, Kathy and Stephanie and Paul and Terry and Todd and Kurt and Lou and Audrey and Anonymous and Mary Lynn. This here episode is coming right out to Ewan's. All right. So I saw this posted in our super, well, let me say this real quick. I thought about whether to say this or not, and I don't know why I feel uncomfortable about it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, and this is a celebration of all of us, uh, this community, if you will, um, we, the Sober Speak podcast here, just surpassed 2 million 
downloads. Uh, we're listening to an over, the last time I checked, it was like 212 different countries. I, I don't, some of these places I did not even know were a country, but nonetheless, we surpassed two million. And and I truly do mean that as we. It's all of us together. Uh, it's the super secret Facebook community. It's the, uh, the all of you follow us on Instagram. All of you follow us on Pinterest. Uh, it is, uh, you know, if it was just me with a mic, <laughs> I'm sitting here every week and putting some things out there and nobody was listening to it. This wouldn't be a lot of fun, right? But all of us together are able to share our experience, strength, and hope. Hopefully, we provide a place that gives you a sense of comfort, a sense of, a sense of spiritual growth, a sense of getting better, a sense of doing the right thing, a sense of working, a, a, a tool that helps you work the steps, a tool that, that, that enables you to grow closer to others and to the God of your understanding. And that's what we're all about here, right? Uh, I'm so, so uh, blessed uh, to be a, a, a small small portion of many of your lives. And, and I realize, as I've said many times, you have so, so many things you could be doing with your time besides coming here and listening to my silly little podcast. Uh, but I know many of you do it. I see all the numbers. Uh, I see them coming in. Uh, and like I said, I'm just, um, I'm just grateful that God has given me this um, this microphone and given me the ability, if you will, to get this message. Uh, and when I say this message, the to carry the message which saved my life and given me the the ability to uh, carry it out there uh, unto you unto you that I didn't say that right but you know what I mean God bless y'all anyway we just passed two million and uh, uh, it's just uh, sometimes it just seems a little unbelievable I do want to let you know that sometimes I'll be just sitting around at night and uh, I will imagine um, all of us like sitting in one big room together and and uh, and, and just being able to give each other hugs and high fives. And I know that's not going to happen, but it is really cool uh, that uh, uh, you all have been on this journey with me. And many times when I'm traveling or just sitting around late at night, it just kind of, it brings a tear to my eye to think about the connection that all of us have been able to develop through this little podcast for uh, so many years now. So anyway, God bless y'all. That's enough. Uh, that's probably why I said I debated. I, I didn't know exactly what I would say if I was going to say anything. I stumbled over some of my words, but there it is. We passed two million. Anyway, Jerry posted this in the super secret Facebook group. Speaking of what I just said, uh, and, he, and he entitled this the next right thing. And then he put up a, uh, a uh, quote from the big book, and it says, As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. Is there anybody out there that possibly needs to pause today? 
And then it says, and we ask for the right thought or action. We constantly, we constantly remind ourselves, we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. That's on page 87 and 88 from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you so much for posting that, Mr. Jerry O. All right, now. On to our featured guest of the week. Okay, so this one is called Sobriety Date Bingo. And Doug S. is from Los Angeles, California. And we talk about his sobriety date at length. Now, let me say right off the bat, if you have tuned into the program today and expecting a kind of a, a good old-fashioned back in the day when I was sober or, you know, what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now, talk, this one, this here episode number 297 is probably not the episode for you. I would move on to one of our almost... 300 other episodes and see what you can pick up in those others. But I personally love this episode, but I realize it may not be everyone's cup of tea. Just forewarning you, all right? We thought about calling this episode Pot Twist, <laughs> and you'll see, as opposed to Plot Twist, and you'll see uh, why we thought about that uh, as you listen to what we eventually titled Sobriety Bingo. Uh, Doug addresses resentment in depth and what sort of damage that resentment can cause. He talks about kind of in third person, sad Doug and who that person is. We talk about one more time, purple Kush. If you don't know what purple Kush is, just stay, just stay tuned in and you will know. Uh, we talk about Doug's lifestyle. It's probably the best way to put it. And, uh, Anyway, I'll just let you see, I'll just let you hear that surprise as it comes up. A surprise? Uh, maybe that's not the word for it, but I'll let you hear that bit of information. And then we talk about his girlfriend, <laughs> his girlfriend named Mia. <laughs> and you just got to hear him talk about that. Um, Doug brings up quotes by Brene Brown. Uh, Hannah Gadsby, uh, and believe me, folks, <laughs> there's so much more we talk about. And by the way, I have had people write in before and say, hey, will you just let the speaker speak and keep your mouth shut or whatever? We don't want to hear you laughing in the background. Well, once again, I forewarn you, this is not the episode for you if you don't like that, okay? So buckle your seats, enjoy the ride, and enjoy my friend, Mr. Doug S. We'll be back with plenty of listener feedback at the end. Okay, everybody. So today we are sitting here with a return guest. Why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, give your sobriety date if you wish, and then we'll catch people up on your past episodes and then we'll dive a little further into your story. Uh, my name is uh, Doug S. I am uh, here uh, via internet 
in Los Angeles, speaking with my friend John M. Uh, once again, my name is Doug S. My sobriety date is, let's see, it's in my notes, January 8th, 1983. January 8th, 1983. Wait a moment, that doesn't sound right. That would be... <laughs> That would be 40 years. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's 23. <laughs> January 8, 23. Okay, January 8, 23. And I thought there may be a little bit of a miscalculation there just from a, a couple of previous conversations we had. And, and we'll get into that in just a moment, okay? Uh, but you have a new sobriety day compared to the last times you were on the program. You were on the program when I first started this podcast. You were so good to me. You would come over here. You would record some episodes. Sometimes we did it on the fly. I would get them out there. And I had somebody recently who had been listening to your older um, uh, 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 older episodes. And they asked, when were you going to follow up with Doug S? And I copied you on the email and I said, Hey, Doug, we hadn't talked in a while. Uh, why don't we get on another uh, why don't we record another episode? And he said, Hey, can I talk to you? Uh, I called you or you called me. I can't even remember. We talked and you said, basically, Hey, I'm willing to come on, but what do you need to know? Are you throwing it back to me? Yes. <laughs> I told you, um, I said a plot twist. Um, I have 90 days, uh, today. And, um, I, uh, um, did you just call that a pot twist? No, but but I, I don't think so. Uh, I, a plot twist. <laughs> but it's a plot twist with a pot twist. All right. So when I got the call from, or when I got the text message from you, I just, my heart sank because uh, that day I was at a virtual meeting and people were talking about uh, needing speakers. And... Uh, and, but you needed six months of sobriety, and I thought, oh wow, I used to love to speak. I thought that you you will you will have that again someday. And uh, when I got your message, you know, I paused for a moment, and um, I just knew that you have to tell you 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 have to tell on yourself. I had already identified as a newcomer, and um, uh, but yeah, so I uh, I now have 125 days. Well, congratulations on the 125 days, my friend. And I just want to uh, state this. <laughs> and um, last night I was going over like my different dates. I like figured out I could come up with a new game called a uh, sobriety date bingo. <laughs> and because uh, I have several and I'm not making light out of that. You do not have to relapse. Um, uh, I, I did, and that's part of my story. And uh, I'm just, I hope that maybe me being here today is going to help somebody. And um, that's it. Yeah, that's right. And that's great. We have a lot, you know, as you know, we have a variety of folks who come on the uh, podcast. However, not everyone. Uh, comes in, stays sober for 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, I was actually in and out for three years myself. You know, I get it, the going in and out. And I've had people on the on the podcast recently who have changed their sobriety date. And we had a discussion about that and the kind of the oh, guilt or shame or whatever is involved in that. So 
All right. So, well, okay. Let, let me talk about this first. So we had some, we had you on in the past. If you're looking for Doug S's past episodes, we had some interesting titles. One is Doug S. I think it was porno past revealed. Is that Exposed. correct? Exposed. Exposed. <laughs> yes. Little double entendre. <laughs> And the reason, uh, to me, it was just clickbait. Basically, we talked about this job you used to have in this. uh, Do you want to describe it real quick? Yeah, uh, quickly. The world's largest uh, distribution center of porno uh, goods and in the porno capital of the world, Chatsworth, California. And you described what you did within that particular distribution center. Uh, it, it was it was hilarious. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to Doug's uh, episode with that. And then the second one was called like Purple Kush. Or- that was the third one. Okay. Uh, the, the second one was Do It Anyway. Okay. Which uh, was the title of a porno. No, it wasn't. Uh, that, that was, oh my gosh. I just, that was actually a, poem that mother Teresa had written (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry and um the third one was uh purple kush meets dual diagnosis (laughs) so we talked about your infatuation with purple kush right yes and and then also your dual diagnosis that's Uh, correct all right. So, and dual diagnosis for, I kind of had to get caught up on that term at the time. I remember that. Well, dual diagnosis is what? Um, well, they, uh, in the book, it says this disease rarely walks alone. And when I was 19, I was diagnosed with uh, bipolar. And uh, I uh, uh, self-medicated for 20 years. I am currently on medication and under a doctor's care. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm not here to advocate anything. It's just uh, I will be on medication until the day I die. Okay. I know that you have talked a lot in meetings before, uh, and you've talked a, and, and you've given your story many times. But before we started this today, you said your heart rate was very rapid. What are your feelings? What do you think that's about? Um, vulnerability. That's what that's about, um, vulnerability. And you are great at interviewing. I have never been nervous any time that we've ever done one of these. And uh, you, uh, you know, I told you nothing was off uh, limits. And uh, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. So uh, when it, at 10 to 1, my heart rate just shot up. And uh, I'm in pretty good shape, and my resting heart rate is usually 68. It's 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 been 110, 104, um, and it's it's uh, that fear of uh, we're at 103 right now, um, which is really high for me. And um, w- when I sleep, it's at 57. I'm a lot of fear from my past comes up of of being revealed for being who I am. That's it. Just for me being who I am. Okay. 
right. So let's start then with, let's get caught up between maybe the last time that we spoke and where you are today. Obviously, you have 125 days. You have a new sobriety day. By the time I release this, it, it's prob- it's going to be more than that. However, uh, or well, let's hope one day at a time. No, it will. Right? There you go. Um, and so between when you left Texas and went to LA, I mean, what happened when you got back to California? Was there anything in particular that has been going on in your life in terms of recovery and sobriety? I, when I left Frisco, Texas, and, um, I went from, I, I just had two, two knees replaced. Like I have three, but uh, I had both my knees replaced within a five week period. And uh, a snapshot of that was the first time uh, in March, I had uh, people that drove me to the hospital. I had people uh, that picked me up. Uh, every day, people would come to my house and uh, drop off food, uh, walk my dog. Um, it was over the top, and, and I was just surrounded with so much love. Five weeks later, I had my second uh, knee replacement. I drove myself to the hospital. I recall making a post, uh, I don't need any food or anyone to walk my dog. I haven't had a visitor for seven days. Would somebody just stop by? And I didn't know what was going on. I knew something was up, but I wasn't sure. I had just failed miserably at a career change. Um, I'd moved from Los Angeles, left the entertainment industry, not the porn business, but the entertainment industry. I was going to be a teacher, and I lasted one semester. I resigned. I had my knees operated on, and um, yeah, I, I I didn't know what was going on, but I sure knew that uh, nobody was talking to me. There was uh, I, I I I couldn't get get a pulse of what was going on, and then just about a month later, I learned that. Um, I had a, a, a relative of mine had posed as her husband and went on Facebook and reached out to several people that um, I knew. And uh, I don't know all what she said, uh, but no one ever came to me to tell me. And um, But uh, I suddenly had, had no one. And... Um, so I reached out to her and just, you know, in an email, just said, you know, this is against the law. You can't pretend that you're somebody else. And um, I just was brokenhearted. And I spoke with my sponsor and he said, you know, you, you can't go and, and, and try to tell everybody you're, you're part of the story. It just doesn't work that way. And he said, just continue to be a sober gentleman and uh, it'll all work out. And... Um, um, so I, I was hurt. I was resentful. And uh, that's what brought me back to California. I'm back in California. I had sold everything. And that was around what, 2018? 18, yes. Okay, so you came back to California in 2018. Correct. Um, and after that, um, what... I mean, what was like life from 2018 to 2023? Is there some way to give it a thumbnail sketch? Yes. So I just wanted to check out, basically. Um, I was going to uh, move to Indonesia 
because I wanted uh, cheap rent and uh, I just wanted to escape. I wanted to check out of life. I was hurt. I had no family members. It, my, my, everybody was dead or dead to me. And we can talk about why that, that isn't, you know, when we go into something else. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to check out. And so that's what I did. I, uh, I didn't move to Indonesia uh, because I'd watched a documentary about their prisons. And I was scared that, you know, something happened. I would have no safety net. And so I, uh, I'm living in a beautiful home uh, currently that I've, same home that I've been in uh, for uh, five years. The people that own this house I've known for over 20 years. I was just stoned. Did the people in the house know how bad you were doing? They knew that I was smoking pot. Uh, uh, and I, I want to back up. When did you start smoking pot? So in October, there was. that's when the relapse happened. And October of what year? 2018. Okay, gotcha. And then it's, it was just like, okay, it's... it's um, I identified as a newcomer. I went to a, a meeting. I uh, you know, got a sponsor, a, a different sponsor. I started working the steps again, and uh, just nothing felt right. Um, I wasn't a uh, fun, outgoing Doug that everybody remembered. Right. I was the sad, depressed Doug, and apparently he's not too popular. <laughs> and, and um, you know, what's crazy is that these people that I've known for 20 years – the, the lady who owns the house, she has 34 nieces and nephews. And I knew most all of them. This was my crew. Uh, I lived on Sunset Boulevard uh, uh, in a cool rent control apartment back in the day. And they lived behind me. And let me tell you, my friend, we went everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I'm talking all over the world, including Ibiza, Spain, France, you, you, you name it, you know, Morocco. Uh, and I worked at a, a, a gym and I had a guest list and I went to every nightclub there was and, uh, I was dressed very nice, uh, but I smoked crack and pe people will still go, you didn't smoke crack. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I did. And out of all those people, I'm the only one that caught alcoholism. Okay. I want to go back to 2018. Go ahead. Because uh, I didn't know exactly when this happened, when the pot twist happened. Yes. So that was October of 2018. Correct. Uh, you had been sober for many years. How many years had you been sober up to that point? So I have been uh, uh, over, over uh, five years and seven months. And I had not had alcohol for 15 years and five months. And I know you're not allowed to have two dates, but come on, that was something, you know? It's like, I, I, I don't celebrate that, but I do give myself a little high five going, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so you got... I've been, in, I've been in the program for 15 years. Okay. All right, so uh, in October of 2018, you uh, started smoking pot. So did you yourself think to yourself, oh, I, I need to change my sobriety date? Uh, and I mean, what was going on in your head in terms of, you know, the recovery and program and 12 steps and all that? What happened is I, I was driving Uber or Lyft, and uh, I had been offered drugs 
almost every time that I drove Uber Lyft in Dallas or in um, uh, Los Angeles. That's just people offer you drugs. And uh, so, so I, I was so accustomed to saying, no, I'm an adult. You know, there, I, and there's, uh, there's these two guys in the back seat, and they pulled out a, 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 a smoking device. And I'm like, you can't smoke that in here. And, like uh, a bong or something? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I said, you, you know, I'm sober. You, you can't smoke that in here. And uh, they're like, oh, it's not pot. You, you can't smell it. It's wax. And I'm like, wax? And, um, but it's, I, I still, I'm like, no. And, uh, but, but there was something different about this. I don't know. It hit different. And it's, uh, when I say it hit different, I did not have the gumption to pull over and say no. And I, I took a hit of it or two. And when I dropped them off, I was so high and I didn't know. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I went to In-N-Out Burger and just stood in the parking lot for like an hour and then drove home. And I was like, that didn't happen. That did not happen. That's a one-off. It, just, it, it, it didn't happen. You're, you're good. And I'm like, dude, you always made the promise that if you ever relapse, you would tell on yourself. And uh, I went to... Go so, ahead. So let me back up then. So you yeah. just said if you ever relapse, you would tell on yourself. So yes. are, were you... Was there something deep down inside you that thought this may happen? I don't want it to, but you were struggling inside as to whether you would like smoke pot or drink alcohol or whatever the case may be. I was riddled with resentments. And, and it's in the book, it talks about we're not good with resentments. No, I was, I was, I was, I was so ashamed of failing. I, I uh, uh, as a teacher, I, 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 I didn't have anybody in my life close. Uh, all of my relationships uh, were, were fractured. I just didn't care. I, I just wanted to check out. That's where I was mentally. But, but I, I was going to uh, an AA retreat. There in California? Yeah. I brought um, drugs with me. And I spent most of the time in my car uh, smoking um, THC, wax. Okay. Okay, so that had been planned previously. You went to the conference. You spent most of your time in your car smoking. By the way, I, I'm sorry, wax is some sort of pot. I, I'm, I'm I didn't know it. either. I'm like, what is this wax thing? <laughs> and just and what it is, it is it's it's. Uh, where the THC is extracted. And um, so, and it's very dangerous to make. I've never made it, but you know, people do blow up the place, uh, uh, I guess. And uh, yes, they do. And um, so it's, uh, they also call it shatter. And I became very educated on it very quickly because I'm an addict. And uh, I was right back there at it. And I'm at this pot store right down the street from me. And they loved me. They were my new best friends, uh, the three of them. And they're explaining about wax and about these stizzy pins where it's, you know, you, it's, it's better than smoking weed. And they're like, it's, you don't use as much. 
And I burned through one in 48 hours and I showed up and I said, I think it was leaking. And they're like, mm, no, did, did it? And they said, those usually last like two weeks. And I'm like, well, I'm out. And uh, they're like, dude. And so they're like already concerned. I had just started again and I'm like, okay, well, then give me more of, you know, and I'm like spending all this money and I'm, I've got good at refilling the cartridges and this is cheaper this way and home delivery. And, and that, then it was Thanksgiving and I hadn't, <laughs> and I went to the weed store for Thanksgiving because I didn't have any. I'm sure I could have found someplace, but I'm at the weed store feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, these are my only friends. And we had um, THC infused turkey. <laughs> I swear. And I'm just like eating this and I'm just telling my little stories and they're laughing and they're like, we're, we're our favorite customer. And, uh, and then, like a week later, I'm like, "Do not sell to me ever again. Don't sell. I'm sober. I gotta stop." So I'm back at meetings, and I'm sad, Doug. And people are like, "God, he's so sad." <laughs> and then I'm like, eh. "And and people, yeah, it sucked. And it's uh, I was just there was no and 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 by January, by the end of the January, I was just like, "Fuck it," and um. Yeah, I, I I just said fuck it. Okay, so from January 2019, I guess, up to this time, did you have? Were you going to AA? Were you going to meetings? What was going on with you? The end of uh, January of uh, 2019, I stopped going to meetings. Okay. I wanted no part of it. Okay, how did that make you feel? Well, I was really depressed and high and, and just stupid. Um, there was there was no relief. There there really wasn't. I um I, I was just high, <laughs> and 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 I, I guess you either get that or, or or you don't. I was uh, teaching English as a second language uh, online to uh, mainly people in China because um, that's what I was going to do when I went to Indonesia. But then when I saw the documentary about people going to jail for smoking pot, I'm like, shit, I, I'm smoking pot now. I can't go to Indonesia. I live in California. I've already got cheap rent in this beautiful house. I, the weed store people love me. And then it's, you know, and, and I like figured it out all really, you know, quick. And I'm like, I'm not even paying taxes on this. And it's, uh, which is 30% in most places, and but not in Rosemead. And um, so I'm just, you know, and, and and I've told you before about the purple Kush that was expensive. And I would always get the compassion weed that was cheaper. And uh, but once you had 13 stamps in your passport for every eight that you bought, you could then buy whatever you wanted. And I got top shelf purple Kush. And um, so, so I kept trying to quit, but I had so many passports still. This was uh, because this place had passports also. They know how to get you. And so I'm like, I'm going to quit. And then I'm like, find a passport. I'm like, well, it's a free age. You can't give that up. And, uh, and, and do you know what? It, was, it wasn't an eighth. By that time, I was buying um, 28 grams at a time. That would last for two weeks. That's oh. an ounce for our metric system uh, people. Hi, Turkey. I hear that I'm huge in Turkey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when I 
<laughs> just so you know, when I release <laughs> that that uh, episode that was with it's a Doug S. Porno Past Exposed, yes. I noticed that my numbers <laughs> really went up in Turkey. I love Turkey. <laughs> I, I didn't even think of the connection. THC Turkey, and then I'm getting big in Turkey. And look, I, I it's you know, if people talk about or, or think that I'm making light out of uh, this disease, I am not. You know that I'm not. Right. Um, here, can, can you see this? Yeah. Okay. It's it just, it's a quote from a comedian who won a Peabody Award uh, for her stand-up special. She's from uh, uh, Tan- or, uh, Tan- Tanzania. Um uh, it was devastatingly painful and beautiful comedy special. And her quote is, uh, laughter is not our medicine. Stories hold our cure. Laughter is just the honey that sweetens the bitter medicine. Yeah. Hannah Godspeed. And when I tell these stories, and you can see that I, I struggle because it's... Um, I'm bombarded with, with, with all the memories and the feelings and um, I do have good recall and it just all starts coming out. Those are the stories that are our cure. And when you asked me something before the podcast, I thought, wow, okay, here comes more cure for me. Okay, so let me just uh, go there now then. Um, so I had asked Doug before the podcast came on. I, I, with these particular episodes that I really, this, it's not a gotcha thing, right? I want people to be vulnerable, but I don't want them to feel, uh, to feel like they have revealed more than they want to reveal. Um, and so I did ask Doug before this, I said, listen, I don't want you to give me the answer now, but I don't want to talk about this unless you, this is something uh, that you're ready to talk about. I've always had this little gut instinct within me uh, that when we, when you did all those stories, all those episodes, we never talked about any sort of relationships that you have. And I thought about that after they were all done. I said, why didn't I ask Doug about any of his relationships? And so I said, do you mind if I ask you once we get starting about your personal life? You know, what kind of relationships you have with other folks? And, uh, and so, so really what I'm getting at, uh, and I know this is... Uh, some people are going to go, why do you ask that? This is really crazy, right? But I wanted to give you a chance if you wanted to talk about anything like this, because my gut always told me that you possibly may be gay. Uh, and, but I wasn't sure. And even when I asked you beforehand, I said, I don't want to know the answer, but would you mind if I ask the question once we get going? So what is your response to that besides it's none of your business, John? No, I'm gay. And... um I'm gay. And I have, even though I've lived in Los Angeles most of my adult life, um, I didn't come out until I was 27. Uh, that was in San Diego. Um, I was in a relationship for <laughs> two years. And uh, I laughed because uh, you know, I have a sister who's gay also. So um, my parents produce alcoholic gay children um 
neither of them are alcoholics or gay, so they're carriers apparently. <laughs> and um, uh, and and I was I'm three years younger than my sister, and her, we have no relationship. And um, uh, and it is not uncommon for sibling relationships to not to not survive the death of both parents. And uh, our relationship ended, you know, shortly after my dad passed away. Um, I have a half brother and a half sister. I really, my half sister wasn't really in my life or any of our family members' life until my dad died. And uh, my half brother, I adored him. Uh, and um, he's never spoken to me after my dad uh, died. He uh, referred to me as, my dad's name is Ken. And he referred to me as Ken's faggot son. That was for years. And I, I didn't know that. My dad's brothers, one's a, a, a well-known um, gospel singer. The other is a, a preacher. And uh, none of them have ever spoken to me since my dad passed away. Um, because of my lifestyle, they... Um, they do not mind to use that word either. Um, so I have been taught that um, if I tell people who I really am, uh, I'm going to be rejected. Even in Los Angeles, when I um, started speaking at meetings, <laughs> I, I remember there is this guy who uh, is gay and he was speaking. And I said... Uh, and it's he's going it's going around the room and people are given one minute to respond and every person goes and this guy's talking about how he was doing coke and this big beautiful house and somebody was always at the house uh, redoing it and because gay people love to redecorate that just happens and uh, a lot of stereotypes are true okay you ought to see I, I can walk into a room and I'm like let's start redecorating and um, so it's just a, yeah, there's things where people are like, I'm pretty sure he's gay. He's been in our house for 10 minutes and he's already redecorated. <laughs> and he did my wife's color wheel. Turns out she's a spring and she was wearing winters. Thank God he stepped in. Uh, he's now showing my kids TikTok dance moves. And um, and and his, his goal of being a flight attendant and... Uh, uh, you know, every stereotype, I'm like, oh my God, you have Barbies? And uh, and then it's every stereotype I knew to push down. I knew to push down. And I learned how to. And so in this meeting, it goes around to everybody. And I was just so nervous because I had been in the program for two months. And it gets to me. And I said, this is a no win for me. I said, if I say what I should say, I'm going to regret it. If I don't have the courage to say what I need to say, I'm going to regret it. And I said, I don't necessarily identify with, with, with your story, but I'm gay also. I'm, I'm a homo. Here it is. And I said, uh, I'll just share this. I said, uh, I guess I'm kind of like gay light. Um, and I said, sorry for the, the, the sentence that's getting ready to come up, but I'm the type of uh, gay that, uh, um, I'll fuck your girlfriend like I owe her money and fall in love with your brother. So that's dangerous on drugs. And uh, I had so many people coming up to me after that meeting 
and they're like, all the girls are like, oh my God, I love gays. I'm like, back away. And (laughs) yeah, and some dudes were like, I thought you would, man. It's cool. It's all right. And I'm like, ah, and, and I didn't know how to act. I was like, when I say I didn't know how to act, I did not know how to function in life sexually without alcohol. So I just like thought, well, I guess it's over. And, and I, I, yeah. And so I, even in Los Angeles in sobriety, I was still scared to be honest with people. And rarely did I ever bring it up in a meeting. And I remember when I did bring it up in a meeting, four people got up and walked out. And this is in Los Angeles. And I've also been in meetings where educated seemingly hip people uh, dropped the F-bomb. And I, those resentments, I still remember. That was, that was in, in November of 19, or t- uh, 20, um, tw- or 2012. And, and I still remember them saying it. And it's, it hits so hard. I'm not trying to be a victim, but it's, you know, t- my, when I think about the relationship in San Diego, <laughs> I had, an, I had this made up girlfriend named Mia which stood for my boyfriend, Dominic, who was in the Navy. And so we were both closeted. And uh, I would tell my parents that I lived with Mia. And Mia stood for missing in action. (laughs) And so my mom would go, where is Mia? And I'm like, she just walked out the door. You just missed her. And this is before FaceTime. And I'm just like, oh, Mia. And so it got so involved that I'm going to meet my father, who's on a business trip with all these people that he works with. And I found this girl, Genevieve, who I wanted her to play Mia. And I'm like, we don't have to kiss. We don't have to do anything. Just just respond to the name Mia. I said, it's going to be, it's at a resort. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be great. You don't have to do anything but answer to the word Mia. And I said, do not get wasted and start telling people. And she, so she's going to do it. And right before we go to this, this resort, she's like, I'll go with you, but only to come out if you come out to your dad and I'm going to be there for your support. I'm like, this is not the time. Okay. This is not the time. We need to be there, Mia. And she's like, I, I, you know, you should tell your parents. I'm like, you don't get it. And so I knew how they hated the fact that my sister was gay. So I had no question in my mind how they were going to respond to me being gay. I was treated much different. I was blackmailed into base or paid off to be straight. My parents, my mom said, as long as Doug is straight and does what's right, we will always provide for him. And that meant cars, clothes, whatever. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm maybe I just won't work, you know, because and and it 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 I knew not to be gay. Oops, I was. And my relationships very much mirrored how I felt on the inside. Uh, it was uh, people that were, clo- uh, guys that were closeted. Um, I could have made a lot of money on selling people out. I never wanted to hurt anybody because I know how it hurts. The truth can really hurt people. 
And um, I, I will tell you this, since being back in Los Angeles, I will tell anybody, I don't care anymore because, and, and my dating life is on fire. And it's like, I know, I know straight people are like, please don't tell us the details. Don't tell me the details. And it's like, you just told me some crazy story about, you know, I, you know, in detail. And they're like, please don't tell us the story. Don't, don't. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you this story. And I'll like move my lips like, but I will. And they're like, don't say it. And I'm like, I'm not. And I, they're like, we're cool. Just don't tell us the details. I'm like, it's good. You're fine. So it's, uh, th that's, that's been a whole great experience. So during that time, what California was like, I was high and, um, dating a lot <laughs> <laughs> well, well, did you ever talk about when you were in texas uh i mean I, I probably i didn't even think of it right, right. But did you ever talk much I, I know you came here for a teaching career well how stupid i should have went into real estate i would have made a fortune <laughs> gays love real estate that's just true and the place was called Frisco. I mean, it, what? Come on. Why should I be a teacher? The most homophobic person that I met in Texas was me. It was me. It was me. There were people in the administration at the school I worked that were gay. There were kids that were gay. The kids could sense my dishonesty about who I was, and it affected them. My being uncomfortable with me made people uncomfortable with me. And on Memorial Day, I posted on Facebook, this is by far the best day I've ever had since I moved to Frisco. I was with uh, some people that you know uh, that had a boat. Uh, we're on jet skis. I mean, I'm having the time of my life. And... um Later that evening, about 7 p.m., there were just three of us sitting there. And one of the girls, she said, so I'm, you know, are you gay? And I, I was like a 13-year-old kid where somebody had just said that on the playground. And I, I left. And um, I, she called me the next day and said, you know, I, I said something and, and I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to you know, for you to react that way, or I didn't know you'd react that way. And I said, I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't give you an answer. And, and, you know, and people are like, dude, you've never mentioned your wife. Okay. You, you, you post pictures of your apartment. That's looks like it came out of, you know, architecture digest. And it's, uh, what you're, what? And you're really into how you look. You're oh, God, I'm a fitness trainer. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? And um yeah, yes, 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 yes. And <laughs> and and I did I, I'm not a eunuch, but it's like, well, I guess we just won't do anything anymore. And I'm like, do you really think this is gonna work out for you? And I'm like, I don't know. And I <laughs> it's it's yeah, so I, um, that's no longer the issue. But, um, uh, yes, and, and I recall, you know, one of our friends in the program that has moved, passed away, 
Kathy, um, God rest her soul. I hope she's found some happiness and peace. Uh, it, uh, I, uh, I found out later. She said, "Why doesn't Doug? <laughs> why didn't Doug tell me he was gay? I'm great with the gays. He could have been my new gay best friend." And uh, one time in a meeting, some girl said something, and she goes, uh, and she was very loud. And she goes, so are you gay? I was just wondering, are you gay? And I said, I go, shh, 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 are you gay? I know, you know, I just, I get you that you're gay, you're gay, right? And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And I like pulled her out of the meeting as soon as we did the prayer. And my hands are sweating. She's like, ah, you're gay, right? I'm like, shut up. We walk outside and I'm like, you cannot say that, okay? I go, you cannot ask me that. I go, I'm trying to be a teacher. And she's like, but you're a guy. I'm like, stop it. I'm, I, and so I went to her sponsor's house that, who is a good friend of yours. Uh, she's been on the show many times. And I said, uh, I said, look, I was going to tell you, I said, uh, okay, here's what's going on. And she was like, oh, shocking. You're gay. And I'm like, I know, can you believe it? And I don't care how gay or effeminate gay dudes are, we all think nobody knows, you know? And it's like, uh, you're a choreographer. It's like, what? But I love football. But here's, and, and last thing about this. When I was five, my dad takes me to the World Series. Uh, it's Cincinnati Reds. And somebody asked me, they said, Doug, who's your favorite team? And I said, Houston Astros. And, 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 and I shouldn't have even attempted to say Astros. But I said, Houston Astros. And he says, why? And I said, because I love their costumes. If you remember, they had a big star and they had this color. And I referred to the grandstands as the audience. And I go, the audience? And my dad is just like such this walking encyclopedia of baseball. And I'm like, and he just like wants to like leave his body. And we spoke about that, like about, you know, a couple months before he died, he goes, oh, I remember that. And uh, I'm like, the Astros, their costumes. So it's like, people have always known. And it's like, and I would walk around, but I, I dated so many girls and I've been with like a lot of girls. Uh, uh, and and I, I came out because I was hurting a lot of um, very nice young ladies and I did not want to destroy their life. Uh, so... Um, that's that. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to talk about you getting back into AA. So, like, it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, as I've said many times, I never know where these conversations are going. I don't have scripted questions. Uh, I have an idea sometimes of what I want to talk about, <laughs> but I... <laughs> Who knew? Who right, knew? So, yeah. Okay. So, but and and I know there's going to be people listening to this, and they'll say, "You say aren't you, you supposed to be <laughs> that are going to say what you should be talking about?" See, okay. Here's the deal. I've had I've had so many different pieces of advice, and what I mean by that, I've I've had a lot of people say, "Just don't don't ask, don't tell." 
right? AA is not a place for that. It's just, you know, we, we should, it's all about recovery. I have other people who have said, you don't have enough people on the program that are uh, gay that talk about it. Uh, you know, we need more. And I say, you don't know this, but there are a lot of people who have been on that are gay and I know it, but they just don't, they, they prefer not to talk about it, which I'm, I'm fine with. Right. And then there's a lot of uh, uh, in the middle sort of uh, discussion and suggestions. However, um, I asked, and I'm so glad we talked about it. <laughs> Do you know? And, and and I just I want to say this. There, I, I'm literally reaching out to people that are listening, and I just want to tell you, if you are struggling with any secrets you have, if you're struggling with your 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 you're not honest about your 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 sober time, tell somebody, please. It's not worth the lie. If you're struggling with your, who you are, who you are is perfect. The dogma that we're taught is just weeds in our head. And please be who you are because the best part of you is the real you. The dreams that you had as a kid, those are, that's who you are. And uh, I've gone through so much pain having to lie about who I am and I would hope that somebody listening to this is going to be relieved of some pain and feel a little bit of courage to be who you are. Courage means the story of core means heart. Courage is to tell your whole story of your heart without shame. The shame is what destroys our good. That's a great way to leave this. Doug, uh, I absolutely <laughs> have, have, oh gosh, I've enjoyed this so much. So, so, so much. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know you were a little bit tentative about it and uh, hopefully your heart rate is doing much better now. It's I like 30. Tell, yeah, I could tell <laughs> as we started going on, you completely loosened up, your countenance changed and I said, that's our Doug. Uh, I love it. All right. So Thank I'm you going... so much. Thank you yeah. so much. And, and, and God bless you for the blowback that you're going to get because <laughs> there will be some, I'm <laughs> sure. I would love to see the, the negative comments that you get. Send those to me. That's like, that's, that, that would suit me so much better. You know, I'm like positive reinforcement. Who are the people that hate me? I want that list. <laughs> Well, I'll be sure to send you whatever I get. And uh, I don't know. Is there any last words you want to say before you go off? Are you good? You want me to go ahead and read? Yeah, I just want to thank you for, uh, you know, it's, it's you. are you at 300 yet? Uh, no, we're like at two. Well, maybe, you know, this could be episode 300. I uh, want it to be. <laughs> um, but it's, it's. When I, I commend you so much because you do have people that share honestly, and it's not all just about the steps. You know, it's so many people have that one story about, well, I sat on the couch for 22 years and drank wine. It's like, really? I, I had a visa. I, uh, I went some places and, uh, I kind of got into some strangle entanglements as Jada. Pickett would call him. Uh, I slapped some people in my lifetime, and I don't care. But it's, uh, you know, I 
I traveled a bit and I had a good time. And uh, I'm sorry, not everybody had a good time, uh, but I had some really wonderful times. Uh, I, I look forward to uh, having good times again. Uh, meaning, you know, I'm going to go to my boat later today. All right. And um, so during the whole time that I was stoned, I took my boat out twice and, and, and for any, in a, a year, I took it out twice. People are like, what are you doing on your boat? I'm like, well, I get there and I just relax and I decorate and uh, I just smoke pot. And then uh, I'm just there. You know, that's what I did. That was my life. Nothing got fucking done. Uh, anyway, uh, that, back to you, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're going to go ahead and close it out with page 164 from the big book. And I will give, because I know you're a verbose guy. We've talked about this many times. Oh, yes. Uh, I will give you a chance if you think of something during page 164 that you just really think you need to share. I will give you a chance <laughs> to get it out there. Okay? Oh, my God. It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us, like me and Doug S., as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you. And keep you until then. Once again, Doug, thanks. Is there anything you want to add? Um, I just want to uh, give a, a quote by Brene Brown, who, and when I borrowed from her when I was using uh, uh, The Courage, the story of your heart without shame, your full heart without shame. And she has a quote What we don't need in the midst of struggle is shame for being human. And I'm just going to say that again. What we don't need in the midst of struggle is shame for being human. Brene Brown. That is fantastic, Doug. Once again, God bless you. We'll talk a little bit after I uh, uh, stop recording here, uh, uh, figure out what to do next. Uh, but that was absolutely fantastic, my friend. God bless you. I love you, buddy. Love you too, my friend. I told you on the front end of this here episode that that was going to be a wild ride, and indeed it was. So, uh, I would love to know what you think. Uh, send me your comments and or feedback at john, J-O-H-N, at soberspeak.com. And remember, we don't want you sharing your gossip nor do we want you sharing your uh, toothbrush, but we would love for you to share <laughs> share this episode. I'm sorry, I just crack myself up sometimes. But we would love for you to share this episode with a friend and or, it's like an and and then a little slash and a or, a family member. It may be just what they need today. So pause that little device that you're on. It could be a big device. I, device. I don't know how big it is. But anyway, pause it. Click that little share button and get it on over to somebody who may benefit from that today. Thank you very much. And once again, thank you, Doug. I knew, I know going into that episode that Doug was uh, 
a little tentative. Uh, and, uh, I would be as well. And I'm glad that he feels uh, comfortable enough, uh, and we offer a safe place, uh, to share, uh, um, all sorts of different experience, strength, and hope. And, uh, and I hope you feel the same way, uh, the listener. So anyway, thanks again, Doug, uh, really, really appreciate you coming on and being as vulnerable as you were. Now, everybody, on to a little bit of listener feedback. Giovanni writes in, and I just love, I just absolutely love saying, a Giovanni, and I know Giovanni, it's been a long time since he's written in, but I remember his name for sure, because I am so jealous of his name. I don't want to be a John. I want to be a, a Giovanni, right? It's got a little, uh, little um, you know, magic to it. Anyway, uh, Giovanni writes in, he says, Hi, John, my name is Giovanni. I wrote you, oh, a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, at that time, I did not completely abandon myself to the program. Needless to say, I went out and plunged into the abyss. That took me to what I now know was my bottom. Today, I am 40 days sober. God bless you, Giovanni. I'm so glad. He said, I made the effort to read the big book, the 12 and 12, and the transcript of Joe and Charlie, the big book comes alive almost on a daily, I make the effort uh, to read these things almost on a daily basis. I have also been reading other AA-related materials, such as As Bill Sees It, Wally Payton's How to Listen to God, and Back to the Basics of Recovery, uh, Thomas. Oh, and then here's another book, Thomas E. Powers, Invitation to a Great Experiment, and Joe McHugh, The Steps We Took, and Ward B. Ewing's 12 Steps of Religious Spirituality. Man, you've been reading a lot, Mr. Giovanni. That's fantastic. Uh, and then he says, uh, and of course, listening to a variety of podcasts, but mainly trying to, every day to apply the steps in my life. Giovanni, Giovanni, well, Giovanni, I am so glad you're 40 days sober, and I'm so glad you're soaking up all the material related to AA, and uh, that's what you need to do, right? They always say, get in the boat. Wait a second, is that it? Yeah, get get uh get all the way in the boat i think is what they say uh and or and i've also heard this in the meetings come all the way in and sit all the way down so it sounds like you have come all the way in and sit all the way down and i'm really happy for you mr giovanni thanks for writing in selena writes in and she says Hey, john is sober speak something you've created i absolutely love it well uh, yeah, I guess it is. I guess I, I've never thought about myself as a creator, but I guess that's what I am. She says, I've recently made my way back to the program recently since my recover, uh, since my recovery anniversary date. I also just completed two assignments as a sober escort. <laughs> laugh out loud, and a sober companion. I just got home from my last assignment, and it was more mentally more mentally healthy than anything. So I, I'm just assuming just like sober escort is 
It's just like, a, you know, you're sitting with somebody. But anyway, <laughs> that is really cool. I don't, I don't remember if they had sober escorts when I was first younger. When I was first sober, oh, I'm, my mind is going all <laughs> just quitting now. <laughs> but anyway, Selena, she, that's cool. Anyway, she says, the past week has been humbling, eye-opening, and unpredictable, but the outcome of both assignments is worth it. That's really cool. Uh, I feel this is going to be rewarding work, and I am enjoying the time freedom to work on other passion product projects in between having assignments, but despite my first two assignments being back to back with each other, smiley face. Anyway, yes. Let me know if you have any writing opportunities, especially if it's tied to recovery. Would love to continue working uh, an active recovery program. All the best, Selena. So a uh, uh, for those of you not on the mailing list, uh, if you're not, by the way, and you want to be, just email me at john, J-O-H-N, at soberspeak.com, and we will get you signed up, or you can actually go to the uh, website, and there's a little like a little sign-up sheet there, and I had sent out an email asking for writers for the website, uh, and if anybody else is uh, interested in that, you can send me. I think I'm covered now. It's a long story, but uh, uh, if you want to send me... Uh, uh, your, I don't know, petition and not application. No, just, uh, just your, just send me an email. We'll talk about it. I'll give you some, some deets, details for those of you who are not hip and cool like me. John R writes in and he says, Hey John, I had a drink six hours before listening to your podcast and I am now 209, 209 days sober today. I did my very first chair ever at a meeting last night. Jay, John R. Well, John R. Cool for you, man. That is fantastic. Uh, glad to hear you're 209 days sober, and I'm glad you were able to share a meeting. Very nice. Keep me posted. Katie DMs direct messages on La Instagram, and she says, Hey, John M. Katie, with the purple mohawk from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here. Yes, I. I remember you, Katie. I think you're in uh, Al-Anon, if I'm not mistaken. She says, I just wanted to say how excited I was to hear your episode with Alan B. I've been listening to his Emotional Sobriety podcast for a while now, and I really love it. It was great to hear two of my favorite recovery podcast personalities come together. I have found so, so many parallels between emotional sobriety and the things that I work on in Al-Anon. Yes, she is an Al-Anon. Emotional sobriety has been a great addition to my recovery, and I think a lot and I think a lot of your other listeners will find this approach to recovery as profoundly helpful as I have. Thanks for always having a great guest on your shows. I look forward to listening every week. 
Thank you for your continued service and for being a companion to so many of us as we trudge the road of happy destiny, a little heart emoji, a little smiley face, a little praying hands, and then she uh, hugs Katie S. in Milwaukee. Well, Katie S. in Milwaukee, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm glad you enjoyed that episode, and Alan B. was a delight to talk with. All right, everybody, that there is another episode of, what, do I, what, what am I doing here? Sober Speak in the books. Uh, keep coming back. It works if you work it. May God bless you and keep you until then. I take this one semana week at a time, and I hope to be back next week. We shall see... And uh, what else do I got? I think that's it. Love you guys. Have a great week and thanks for listening in.